welcome to The Marvelous Gospel, a podcast where we examine our favorite movies through a biblical, theological, and redemptive perspective. I am Frank Gill, and I'm here with my friend who helps me sleep at night, Tommy Hutchinson. How are you? <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that one. <laughs> You're like, my mantis. You're my mantis. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so I'm, you, you are very ugly. <laughs> you are very beautiful <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> if you know, uh, you know. No, man, it's good to see you. Uh, I always need a good laugh. I always need a good laugh. It's a good way to start any podcast. Well, I'm good, man. Well, I mean, we, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and you and I also just watched the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. So we just saw Peter Quill and and his crew in that movie and and Peter talk I, the trailer looks so good. And not and not Star-Lord but Star-Thor, right? Cuz that's what he yeah, looked like. like so yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey dude, we we are so far into this rewatch. We we're, we're already in the we're like deep into um the third uh the uh, phase three yeah. we are only a couple episodes away a couple episodes away from the infinity infinity war and endgame um bro and and then and also the next movie after this is one of my all-time favorites so this is we are in oh. we're in like peak peak marvel world right now and it's very exciting you you ready to dive into this movie yeah and i want to say this before we jump in all of you who are listening, thank you. Thank you so much for jumping in with us. Thanks for being a part of this. I hope you're re-watching this with us if you can. Um, because yeah. it has just been fun to look watch this from a different angle. And what makes this fun for us is the conversations that we have with all of you afterwards. Yeah. We um we actually go back and forth in the comments you guys make on our Instagram and on others, and we have fun conversing. So please reach out, like, yeah. subscribe. Um, do it because not because we're like looking for personal success. We want to know who you are and we want to yeah. connect with you. So please do that. Um, give us a review and others and say hello. Let us know yeah. where you're listening from. We had there's a there's somebody from Uganda. Let me say hello yeah. to you. There's literally a, a listener from Uganda. This is a worldwide podcast, Frank. We yeah. are a worldwide international <laughs> podcast now. Internationally acclaimed <laughs> podcast, uh, uh, the marvelous gospel. I would it's say the- internationally, uh, the marvelous gospel. I don't know about acclaimed, but uh, <laughs> But no, yeah. so thank you so much for all of you yeah. for listening to me. Uh, J- I think her name is jo- Jocelyn um, out in Uganda. Thanks for your sweet message. Uh, we are so stoked. Hey, uh, speaking of friends, uh, Emily, uh, who listens to our podcast and gives us a lot of criticism <laughs> about her show, she, <laughs> she asked me, she asked us, she asked me, um, what are we going to do after we catch up? Uh, and and my feedback was we were we're done we retire. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean obviously there's new content coming out. We have no idea how we're going to tackle the TV shows. Um, and obviously there are not only other movies but other Marvel properties that we can yeah. talk about. Like we could probably take a deep dive into Daredevil. Um, I my one of my all time favorites Oof. is Punisher. Um, like Oof, there, there's so yeah. much stuff that we could talk about. There's the old Spider-Man movies. There's so much stuff we could talk about. There's Morbius. I mean, we could go any run direction. We, we we could, I'm just yeah, kidding. No, we could, no, we could no. punish ourselves and watch Morbius. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, so there's so much we could talk about, but we'll see what happens when we get there. We're just trying to get to, uh, to end game right now. If you so got ideas on how we could tackle it or what to do, put them in the comments below. Let us know. Give us yeah. some ideas. We'd love to know. All right, so let's talk about the 2017 release of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, directed again by James Gunn, who so is good. such a good so director. Good. And it's starring uh, a lot of the same people from the first movie, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Michael Roker, Karen Gillian, and introducing, ooh, this is going to be a hard one, 
Palm Clementif as Mantis. She's good. Sylvester Stallone as Stakar Ogord and Kurt Russell as Ego. All right. And I realized that I did not give a synopsis. I, didn't, I haven't written down a synopsis for this movie. So here we go. Off the dome. I'm <laughs> going to just. Let's I go. Didn't, let's I didn't go. write it down. Off the dome. Here we go. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy follows up with the same crew from Guardians of the Galaxy 1 as they are working together to um, defend and guard the universe, to guard the galaxy. Um, as they were on a mission. To protect uh, a certain planet, I can't think of the name of the planet right now. Um, uh, one of the folks stole batteries, and because of that, it caused a sequence of events where they were running away from. Uh, I, I see. This is why I see right now. What's the name of the gold people? I forgot the name. I was afraid you were going to ask me. I can't remember right now. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the gold people's name. Um, the uh, that, whatever planet they are. Um, they're running on the way from there. On the way, they get introduced. To Ego, who is um, Star Lord's dad, and uh, he's also a celestial, which is a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, along the way, they ha- uh, Peter has to figure out what it means to be a part of this new family, the Guardians of the Galaxy, or if he desires to be with his father, Ego. Um, and everyone else is kind of processing their own familial issues. Um, uh, uh, Gamora and her sister are kind of fully developing their relationship. Um, uh, Rocket is is kind of understanding his own place in all this. All this is getting much more developed, and we get introduced to a bunch of new characters. So this is why I need to write it down. <laughs> I see from the hip, and I'm just like just talking about plot without actually having a good. I'm really, my response was good. I was waiting for you to do your normal question. So how did I do? And I was going to be like, well. This is why we prepare, and this is why we write things down. Uh, no, dude, it's this movie is is it, it's so much. It's a fun. Movie. James Gunn is a director that I th- I put it this way. He he does good movies, but he does fun movies. He does yeah. he, he he takes something and he's willing to take it to the nth degree. And he has such a specific way of humor that Chris Pratt and James Gunn, I swear, have the same brain because yeah. the two of them, you can tell, like their style of humor just carries both of so well um this movie is fun like it's just from beginning to end there's laughter um they let each character be themselves even the way drax and mantis interact you are such an ugly person <laughs> and she's like thank you and like they, like literally nebby's like i i don't like this right now like like you can just even like they're willing to play off each other's character um which by the way the the race name is the sovereign um the sovereign That's which right. Spoiler, not really, because we haven't seen Guardians 3 because it hasn't come out yet. Um, there's huge, 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 huge ramifications, I think, for the end of this movie. Um, with the, we'll the yeah. which we think the character that they create is Adam Warlock, um, who that is a huge character in the Marvel world. Yeah. So that's created from there. And um, there's rumors, I think it's pretty much been confirmed that there's a Guardians uh, Christmas special. Which is, Coming up this which Christmas? is going to be really important, I heard, too. Like, it, it yeah. sets up Guardians 3, and it's not just a throwaway thing. Like, it's supposed to be important. No, and um, it's going to have some really fun stuff with that. I think it's going to be good because James Gunn, I think I, he wrote out that this was one of the most fun projects that he's ever had. Wow. Um, so, like, yeah. there's some really cool stuff coming, Guardians. Um, but they've also said that Guardians 3 is going to – you will not see that group of Guardians together again. Wow. It's, after that so dude this um yeah this movie was just fun 
Peter Quill is a great character. Drax is a great character. Rocket. The best line of the movie the entire way through is, I am Groot. We get that back. So, you know, it's yeah. the best. Um, there's just so much about this movie. Dude, Yondu. Yeah, that, that scene um, between the relationship between uh, um, Drax and Mantis is funny. That that scene where Mantis has to tell Drax what's actually happening. And Drax is like, I can't do this. I, I'm, I'm disgusted. It's such like fake vomiting. <laughs> you are then, so vile and disgusting. <laughs> and then Mantis's response is like, I don't like you. I don't like what you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny to me, man. That, that Which is seems, great by the end of the movie that they're like best friends. Oh, and yeah. They're, they're like, like getting the along. Yeah. Well, hey, here's a quick, couple quick observations I had, and then I want to hear uh, yours. I only have uh, three. One, I feel like this is one of the best intros of an, a Marvel movie. It was so good. The way the, the way the camera focuses on Baby Groot dancing <sighs> and uh, – it's so good. It was so Drax funny. jumping inside of the thing. Go, right, we can't get from the outside. I will go on the inside. And he jumps in and he's just auto. And then he comes out and goes, look what I did. And they're all like, you didn't do he's anything. Like, he said, I vanquished the beast by myself. Yes. <laughs> uh, even the little conversation between Peter and uh, Gamora where it's like, I thought you were a sword person. Why are you using guns? Guns are my thing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's so funny. And then like uh, Drax won't use rockets like flying thing because it hurts his nipples like <laughs> it's it's just a, it's just a very funny scene and when, then like the, the way they animate baby Groot is so good and then at the know. end of the movie we talked about uh when he is inside <laughs> the planet and he puts the flight suit on as he's going up there you're like ow <laughs> he's like screaming <laughs> it's a callback to that line and oh there's so it, many things about this that's good that intro is phone users by the way i just yelled yeah. right into my microphone yeah, yeah. so i apologize um two very small references that are theological that we just don't have time to talk about they uh ego specifically says He's a small G God, which even like that phrase is something that we've been using and on this podcast that is, 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 is cool that like they even say it in the movie, in the MCU world, yeah. that Celestials, which if you want to know more about Celestials, make sure you watch Eternals, um, even though, with even though it gets confusing. With an asterisk, with an asterisk, because I'm not convinced that Ego is a Celestial the same way that in Eternal Celestials are. But that's another conversation for another I actually day. do think he is, but we can oh, talk about okay. that. We All actually, right. if we, when we review Eternals, I can maybe explain right. why I think the distinction oh. between those Celestials and this Celestial. A little teaser for what's coming. I like it. Yeah. Small C of Celestial, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, small G God. And then, okay, this is a stretch, and this is why I didn't want to do this as a main thing. But I think Gamora and her sister – what's her sister's name again? Um, Nebula. Nebula. Gamora and Nebula are like an example of the two brothers in the story of the prodigal son, except their dad is horrible in the story. And so Nebula was the mm. – if, if okay, so think of the prodigal son story. Yeah. There was the brother that ran away and then came back, and then there was the brother who stayed and like was like resentful. I think Gamora and Nebula are just the same way. How like Gamora went away and and Nebula stayed to try to appease her dad, but like they both wanted to reject their dad for different reasons. Again, this is a very big of a stretch in comparing them. I think they're almost like shadow versions of the Prodigal Son story. Like they're like the opposites of it. But yeah. I think there's something there in their relationship that was really interesting. Except, obviously, 
Thanos is not the father. He's a bad dude. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, what do you, do you have any observations? Huh. I I'm like taking in your whole. Um, I'm thinking your whole like prodigal stuff. I think there's a piece there where um, the two of them getting on. This is what makes even Endgame even that more sad <laughs> of how they get pulled apart, the timeline stuff, all of that. Yeah, I I have a couple of them. Um, I think you talked about their dad is horrible. Here's a question. Is Thanos worse or, or is Ego worse? <laughs> like which is the worst dad? I mean, ultimately, I mean, Ego literally kept saying multiple times, if you don't do what I say, you're just going to be a battery for me for a, for a thousand years. And like you saw the the cave of all the dead sons or whatever, which is pretty or dead children, which is pretty sad. But like um uh I mean Thanos was willing to sacrifice his daughter for the soul stone. I don't know, man. To On a scale of is, one to ten, where one is a is bad and ten is good, they're both in the negatives. Like let's just be straight <laughs> up both, real. Like they're both not winning father of the year. Sure. <laughs> no, they they might both be in the running for worst father ever. Um yeah, I just I just it makes it so good when um we talked about how there's daddy issues in most of these movies. <laughs> they they don't even like skirt around it like one of Star-Lord's. Of course I have issues. That's my freaking father and he's pointing at the entire planet. Um uh even like um I finally found my family. Like there's this whole dynamic of family where st- the whole time Star-Lord's been looking for it, he's been trying to find it and then he does. And can we just talk about how sad it was to lose um his actual father, I'm um, blanking on his name right now, which is terrible. Um, blue guy, Arrow, what's his name? Yondu. Yondu. Oh, this is so bad. Like, I almost teared up when he's flying in space and willing to go off. And even at the end, when all of the rest of the Ravagers are willing to let, like, have a funeral service for him, I mean, like, that was such a beautiful picture. I'm not going to steal too much of your thunder because you kind of talk about that in a little bit. Um, I, I even liked how even the bad guys have a code. I don't know if you caught this, where one of them says, yeah, we don't have – the only code we have is we don't deal with kids. Um, I thought that was was beautiful. Um, I'm going to take a – I'm going to talk about something else, but I think arrogance is a key theme in this movie. The idea of like I'm better than you and every single character thinks that. Um, we could talk about that in a, later, but um, I'm going to – I'm going to – Frank is freaking out a little bit right now because I'm flipping a script and I'm going to talk about something else here in a little bit. Um, (laughs) But like arrogance, I think is a key issue where they're talking about like, I am better than you. And we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast about humility. Um, And I actually would argue that no one in this movie is humble, (laughs) not a single one um, because they're all like looking out for their own good. And even at the end when they're a quote unquote family, they're still trying to figure that out. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. You could even talk about the sense of purpose Ego is convinced of his that he's supposed to exist everywhere. And so he's going to do everything he can to make that happen. Um, yeah, there are so many things in this. And we're not going to talk about it, but can we talk? Well, actually, let's talk about it for a second. Mantis's ability. Um, so Mantis is, she's, I don't know if you caught, she says, I'm an empath. Yeah. And um, so she has em- empathetic abilities where she can not only feel, but she can actually give emotions to people. Yeah. Um, which we could dive in full bore. I know you've spent a lot of time talking about this, like empathy as a biblical piece of us, like following after Christ. Um, yeah. We could probably plug some of the other podcasts where you've talked about that if you wanted to. You've had lots of conversations. Um, I am literally getting text messages from like six people right now. I know. Like, hey, my, the, my, new tra- the, the new trailer just dropped. Um, uh, you know what's what's funny is like, um, and this is maybe not the time to have this conversation in this podcast, but 
there is a movement within certain realms of Christians, evangelicals right now, to say that empathy is bad. Yeah. And I don't want to necessarily go into the details of why people think that. Let me just say straight up, empathy is beautiful and it's good yeah. and it's biblical. I think I think uh, Christ himself was empathetic towards – in fact, um, the, the, the verse where, where – um, in Hebrews, where it says that we have a, sa- a savior who can sympathize with us, the the, the Bible in in the original language in that time did not have a word for sympathy. They like they they we the word sympathy is used there in the English, but the, the word they actually would were, were just trying to describe in that language was the word empathy. Where not only does does Jesus understand how we feel, but he felt what we felt. And um, and feeling other people's feelings is not sinful or wrong, or understanding why someone feels the way they feel is not sinful or wrong. Yeah. Um, the verse you're talking about is Hebrews four fifteen. It says, yeah. "For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who was tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin." Yeah. And it's the fact that he could be um, tempted in every way and did not sin is the reason why we can have confidence that we could. Um, be tempted in many ways and still choose a sinless option. So anyways, is there anything else, any other observations you have? Um, just that this is a fun movie. I know we've said it. Yeah. Like, it, like I think sometimes we jump into what are the theological themes? The, we talked about it a little bit. The conversations between the characters are so good. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of humor. Um, we're not going to talk about it, but the sovereign, um, they actually, in a weird way, kind of show holiness um, this idea of uh, holiness is to be set apart um, completely. It's different. And they would yeah. say, our lives are so important that we are so set apart that I actually would fall in like, I think they're legalists. Um, oh, for sure. Th- they go so far that they miss what they're designed to do. Um, and there's even like, again, they're very arrogant. Those characters I thought were right up James Gunn Alley. He created such a good character with them, which will make it fun when they will come back, we think. Sure. In the next one, um, I thought Rocket, dude. The more I spend time with Rocket, the more I like him. Oh, he's the great. more that I enjoy his character. And even at the end, when they're like, "What are you, a space space panda?" Like, uh, and he's like, "Whatever, I'm a raccoon." Like, just get over it. Like, you can tell like he's even coming to terms with it. And there's just they do such a great job in this movie, particular, of developing and moving the characters along. I felt like in the first Guardians, they were just creating like, let's introduce you to the characters. This one was, let's take their characters and take their their personality trait that defines them to the nth degree. And let's show you how beautiful each yeah. one of them are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my wife was watching it with me. I'm going to make a Gilmore Girls reference. Oh. Um, but the guy who plays um, kind of like the, the, the Ravager who lives, who is up in the spaceship while they're on Ego, is a Gilmore Girls character. Um and so he's he, from the, the guy, the James Gunn's brother. Yeah, that he's he's in Gilmore Girls. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I could find. I got. I'll pull up the IMDb and get his name in a little bit. But yeah, he's um he the 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 Ravagers of he and so his character. My wife kept saying, "I keep waiting to to hear him use lines." And those of you, uh, Emily, uh, that's listening right now, you probably can tell me exactly his name. And you're probably it's probably going to bug you that I'm not using it correctly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so my wife is sitting next to me going like Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls. But anyways. Um, it was just a fun movie. I appreciated it. I feel like it sets up future things that are coming so well, yeah. so well um, with Avengers and other stuff. It's it's just it's just a fun movie yeah. um, across yeah. the board. The moment Peter turns, 
Like, because like for the for the most part, he's like, I dig this. I want to be with my dad. I kind of understand it. And the moment his dad explains that, like, his mom was just you know, a, oh. one of a million whatever, and then like and like he gave her the cancer. The the sadness and anger in his face and the way he just like kept shooting him. Like, I was like, dude, I felt this. I felt that. Like, yeah. and like what I love about it is like, like that was the turning point where like Peter was like, nope, don't want anything to do with this. I don't care. I don't want to be a part of this. I, I want, like, like, there was no like confliction after that. Like, up to that point, it was he was conflicted, but his mom was the one aspect of it that, like, absolutely not this is i don't care if i'm not a god i don't want this and i actually think that was one of the most noble and like great parts of the writing of the story oh and it, it's in line with his character because in endgame when he gets really angry and he goes off the handle against yeah. thanos when they were almost about to win the gauntlet's going to be gone and he goes nuts and, and he thwarts their own plan i thought that was in line with his character can oh, we to the pac-man reference Oh the yeah, Pac-Man, like when they're like That's going cool. at each other, he's like, "I'm gonna super weapon," <laughs> and then he turns himself into Pac-Man, going at all. That was yeah. so. That was so, there was stuff like that where you're like, we've talked about this. Marvel does a great job at mixing in humor and serious points, yeah, just to keep it light enough that you don't realize actual the true depth of what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and this movie is the preeminent example of that. Yeah. They it's they good. show enough without going crazy. You know. Um, there's, there's a lot of people. I mean, I've met people who don't like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm always like, "Oh, you don't like joy. <laughs> like, you don't like laughing or being happy." Like, I think I think they're such fun movies. When I hear people like, "I'm not really that into Guardians of the Galaxy," I'm just like, "Why?" Well, anyways, uh, let me dive into my main discussion. It shouldn't take that long, but I want to talk about the theme of adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, Yondu says to Peter, uh, "I'm going to try to use his voice." He may have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, you know, one thing Peter kept saying is the reason why Yandu took him and didn't deliver him to his dad. Or, or no, the reason why he took him was because he was small and he can get into small places and can steal better or whatever. And, um, and, and so you realize that the, the actual reason why Yandu didn't want to give him over to um, – to to ego wasn't just because he was small, but because he wanted to protect him. Ego just wanted to use Peter for his power, but Yandu, as imperfect as he was, loved him and tried to raise him. Now, obviously, he raised him to be a Ravenger and this kind of terrible person. But uh, in what if you actually see that uh, you could be uh, uh, if he had gotten um, T'Challa. It would have changed the galaxy because T'Challa was like a like, has the same kind of story. And what if different. episode? By the way, great what if episode. It was a beautiful. Yeah, the what so the good. what if was what if what if the Ravagers picked up T'Challa instead of um, Peter Quill. Peter Quill. A great episode. Anyways, sometimes um, sorry, something that has been really personal to me is this idea of adoption and being in a new family. My dad wasn't a great dude. He wasn't ego bad. And I don't think he, but I don't think he was much better than Yandu either. Um, but he was, but my, my father sort of abandoned me and my mom when I was young. But when I started going to church, so before I came to Christ, I was adopted into this new family, my church family. And when I became a Christian, I think this idea of adoption became more clear. Because when you become a Christian, the Bible says that you have been adopted into his family. Galatians 4 
talks about being adopted into sonship, which means when you put your faith in Jesus, like John 1 says, you have the right to call God Father. And, and so at that moment, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are no longer strangers and enemies to God, but you are a child of God. And that means yeah. everything that, that everyone else who is a believer is a brother and sister in Christ. So this is why maybe you've heard people say this and it sounds a little culty to you because it sounds weird. But when people say, you know, my brother, my sister in Christ, and they're not actually related. This is where this concept comes from, because in Christ, our relationship with the Lord, because we have a new because we have a heavenly father, our relationship to one another changes from strangers and just neighbors to like almost a way of a brother and sister being adopted means that, that everything that belongs to Christ belongs to you. And that mainly means, um, uh, the father's love and blessing. So for me personally, that, that, that means that as someone who didn't have a lot of family, I can turn to my friends and have deep, meaningful relationships with them as I would, if I had a re- my real family, there's a, there's a passage, I believe it's in, um, in this in in Proverbs, but it could be Psalms. It says that there's a type of friend that's closer than a brother, mm. and um and I know that to be true because I I have mm. three half brothers and I'm not close to them at all, but I have very very close friends who I'm closer than a sibling. Um and seeing God as my father and I know that He has my best interest in mind and has the actual power to to change my circumstances is very very comforting, um because He's my heavenly Father. So hey, that's all I got. I just I that one line, you know, it's this conversation. I mean, I think overall the two Guardians movies is a conversation about what is a family, what makes a family. Yeah. And I think that like um the focus on fatherhood is really important. And I think that's a sensitive subject for a lot of people because a lot of people have bad dads. But in particular, having uh, a conversation about our heavenly father is important because no matter how bad your earthly father was or how great your earthly father is. Your heavenly father is better, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. what do you think? Is, adoption is such a beautiful thing. It's a, um, it, it's such a crazy thing when you actually dive into. It. There's two sides. There's the spiritual side, like you talk about. We're all sons and, and daughters of God, and we think of it that way. Um, like if I view him as my actual father, there's a relationship there. Um, and I, I think there's this like growing up. How did you view God? I think how you viewed your earthly father, whether he was absent or others unconsciously or consciously carries over to how you view your father in heaven. Um, it's, it, it, it's something you can't get away from. And so when he talks about adopting us and then he says, this is my character, he's wanting you to see the truth and not your per- perception of who he is. Um, it's one of the things with you, like if you grew up and your dad was distant, it's probably easier for you to see God as distant. <laughs> if you grew up and, and you viewed your dad was a rule monger or, or your parents were, and it was a, and they were very much like, do this or, you know, you're in trouble. You probably have a harder time understanding grace and mercy or maybe have an easier time because you've seen the opposite. But you tend to carry over that rule mongering, almost like a drill sergeant. Or maybe if you have parents who are always disappointed in you, you may see God as disappointed in you as well. And so when we talk about adoption, I think part of that is seeing the beauty of who is he for real. And this movie actually does a great job of exposing that. Like the whole time he's like, I've been looking for my dad. I found him. And then he goes, of course I have issues. You see my dad? He's a freaking planet. Like there's that, that whole dynamic. And just I love the irony of the name Ego. There's just so much in that that we could sit in. Like Ego himself, like he's such a big ego. You heard like your head is big, like your head's bigger than you can handle. Like his head was the whole planet. Like the dude had a huge ego. And yet um, you realize towards the end, like I'm just off the top of cuff of my head right now thinking through how um, – 
Yandu's personality in terms of this kind of push forward, directional, um, willing to lie to do whatever he needs to do what's best for his people um, is exactly who Star-Lord is. Exactly who Star-Lord is. And so there's these dynamics of caring together that I think is just really good. And so, yeah, you get this idea of adoption. When we get adopted a family, we become like our daddy, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, it's one of the reasons my wife and I want to adopt, if I'm honest. It's because I think it's one of the most beautiful pictures of the gospel and us being a part of the family. So, and I also got friends who have adopted. So I talked about the spiritual side. There's the physical side. If you've ever been a part of the foster care system or been a part of adoption, you realize how crazy that actually is. Um, adoption itself, we just think of, oh, you just join the family or whatever. Like that person brings with them all of the weights and all of the their past with them. And so entering into a new family, it's not cut and dry. It's hard. So if you have friends or family that have a, are going through foster or adoption, like find ways to support them. We should always be supporting each other anyway, but specifically those you're going through because it's hard. Um, yeah. And there's really, really good ministries out there to help too. But that's good. What do you got, Tommy? So this is where I'm throwing you a curveball. Uh, my notes say I should talk about arrogance. Um, but my, when I'm sitting here, I was just thinking through there's there's this phrase that I can't get away of is the um in the in the movie you have this idea um ego talks about how he manifests his body I don't know if you remember this this is gonna get like super nerdy for a second but he talks about how he was a planet and yet over millions and billions and trillions or however long of years he learned to develop and create and then the idea of he created a body that would show his significance, or actually he uses this word and I think he's using it rightly. He goes, I want to show my glory. <laughs> and I actually think he's using that word correctly. Um, uh, glory is a word um, that I think when we hear it, we think of it as like a $10 church word uh, or we don't at all because we're like, um, well, here's what that's glorious. You know, that's a, you might hear that. Although that's even then you might, that might be someone making fun of something. Oh dude, that was, that was glorious. I feel like I'm turning into a skater. That's righteous, bro. Um, but when you hear the word glory, like what word, like how would you define that? And actually, um, Tim Mackey, when he defines glory, he defines it as the um, physical represent. Uh, no, that's excuse me, that's ordinance. He uh, de- <laughs> he defines glory as um, oh gosh, uh, uh, something on physically display. Um, why did I just blank on this? You're gonna have to edit this out. Oh my word, I had it and I lost it. I mean, I think I think the way they would define glory is like the the manifestation of the greatness of a person. Like there it is. Yep. Like like um, now I remember. Like you know the reason why people build such big towers, like 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 actual building, like skyscrapers, in their name was to show their glory. You know what I'm saying? Like it yep. was the magnification or the the physical representation of their greatness. Yep. Uh, you're dead on. Um, this is actually don't edit this out because this is going to prove to those of you that think pastors know everything. We're human. We we <laughs> we forget. Um, yeah, Tim Mackey he describes it as the physical representation of something else's power, significance, or authority. So it's a physical representations of something's power, significance, or authority. Um, you mentioned skyscrapers. That's actually a great example. Um, when you think of like the glory of God, when he's talking about like, I did this for your glory, he's saying what I'm doing is to represent your power, significance, and authority. Um, so w- put it this way. Uh, if you're going in through downtown Chicago, I may have used this example before. If I have, bear with me, all right? 
But if you've been through downtown Chicago, there's a famous skyscraper there called the John Hancock Building. Uh, you go right past it and you see it. And so the John Hancock Building, um, when you go past it, what is it actually designed to do? Well, I don't know if you know this, but what it, like, yes, it's to make money. They rent out all the spaces in it. But the other thing it's designed to do is when you drive by it, it's its grandness is actually designed to show off John Hancock's insurance, their power, significance, and authority. I, it's designed for me to drive by and go, wow, that thing's huge. I should give them my money to get insurance from them because look at how big that is. Look at the power they have, the significance, the authority. That's what it means to be something's glory. That skyscraper is the glory of John Hancock insurance. Here's something beautiful in scripture. Scripture actually talks about that we are God's glory. We are God's glory. As human beings, we are designed to be the physical representation of God's power, significance, and authority on display. If no one's told you this before, here's your bumper sticker of the day. You are God's skyscraper. You are God's skyscraper. You are designed to be the glory. And so in the movie, Ego is literally creating his body to be the glory, to show his power, significance, and authority. So when he's trying to make his glory known, what does he do? He's wanting to take his presence to every single planet. And that's his goal is to literally show his glory. He wants it to be on display. And actually, he's using the word correctly. It was actually kind of cool. I remember thinking, oh, he nailed it. Because that's actually what we're supposed to do. Not in terms of taking over planets, but in terms of being a physical representation of who God is. This is why when we we'll, in church you'll hear us or in conversations, we'll say we want to take God's love to those around us. We're actually, another way to say this, we're his glory vessels of his love. We're showing his power, his significance, his authority through his love to those around him. That's why we should love one another. That's why we should love others because he wants it. Um, now when you read scripture and you come with the word glory, think of that in your brain. When you're reading it and you see glory, you're like actually thinking through. He's trying to say to the power, he's showing off the power, significance, and authority of something else. Um, this is why when you, uh, I'm going to even go a step further back. Um, $10 church words, like hallelujah, amen, glory, sanctification, like you fill them in the words that you only hear at church, um, really dive into what they are. Um, there's a great YouTube series by Tim Mackey um, called, I think it's called The Language of Faith where he dives into a different word each time and he really breaks down what 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 does it mean to have faith? What does holiness mean? What does sanctification mean? Because I think as you break them down, it helps you understand as opposed to just thinking, oh yeah, sanctification, I know what that is. The reason I call them $10 church words is because you'd rather pay someone $10 than try to explain it. <laughs> and so I think as you dive in, glory is one of those. Um, hallelujah is one of those. Hallelujah simply is actually a Hebrew word that is us telling somebody else to praise God. It's a command. And so when you realize when we're singing hallelujah, um, we're actually commanding one another to sing. It's a really cool picture, actually. Um, and I think when you the more you understand those, it actually helps you gain a further picture. And that's actually Guardians, in a weird way, nails glory. It nails it. Um, although I don't know if I'd ever use Guardians 2 as an example in a sermon uh, to talk about the glory of God. Um, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts? What do you think? I think that's good. I, uh, you know, I was thinking of like um, the 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 amount that ego wants to just kind of multiply himself and like kind of spread around the universe is is an arrogant thing. And I think that like uh, an accusation that I would say naive or cynical people have about God is that God's glory is all about his like selfish arrogance trying to be manifested in the world or whatever. And it's like, 
the 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 part that people miss with the true God, not ego, but God, is that God's glory, when God is most glorified, we benefit from him. Like, like we are, we, we, we find our satisfaction in God's glory. We find our hope in God's glory. When God is glorified, it's to our benefit because God chooses to um, bestow his love and grace and mercy and his blessings on humans, on us. Absolutely. And when God is most glorified, that's when we experience the most joy and satisfaction in this world. It is when God's glory is suffocated or when God's glory is, is, is hidden when we put, when we try to focus on our glory instead of His glory, that's when chaos happens. That's when bad things happen. Um, God, the true God of scriptures, is not the, is not ego. You know, God's desire isn't to simply mm-hmm. just multiply to multiple planets or whatever ego is doing. Um, when He created humanity, it was to be a, as you said, a testament to the world of His, uh, to the universe of His glory. Yeah. Ephesians two ten says that. We are his masterpiece. We are his work of art. Humans are his crowning achievement um, because we are most created in his image. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I think that uh, I think you, you have a good illustration. The, the one, for some reason, I kept thinking about like the reason why ego manifested himself the way he did in Kurt Russell's character with like that very like seventies look or whatever is because he thought that would be the one that most appealed to Star-Lord, to Peter. Um, and then you notice, he, he, like, when he was, like, mad, he's like, I tried to do what I can for you to like me. And then he shapeshifted into um, freaking the Baywatch guy, uh, yeah. whatever, uh, whatever his Hasselhoff. name is. Hasselhoff. And it's like, even the manifestation he tried to manifest himself as was out of selfishness. It was just to appease Peter so that way Peter would do what he wants. And I think that's the difference between our God, who is, uh, who's who's deserving of of His glory. His we we are we are He's deserving of manifesting His glory however He wants, but His man His glory is rooted in His love and His compassion towards. I don't say it's rooted in His love and compassion towards us, but the overflow of His glory is His compassion and love towards us. If that makes sense, completely. Yeah, yeah and I think that, I think it's 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 such a beautiful thing too, when you then realize that star Lord himself, like, like he, he, who is he actually the glory of? <laughs> and it's not ego. It's actually Yandu. He's yeah. actually showing off Yandu. And, and what even shows even more is like when they get in this idea of family, like he's after now, he's got a purpose. Whereas before he didn't, his purpose was finding his dad. Then he found his dad. Then he lost his dad. Then he found his father. Then he lost his father. And now he's realizing his purpose is actually found in his family. And that, and I just, I, I don't know. There's something, there's something in there in the whole adoption yeah. piece, and it's a fun movie. It's just the whole thing from beginning to end. Um, and yeah, I literally laughed when Ego made the comment, like, "No, son, we're not gods. We're we're gods." Little G. I was yeah. like, if that wasn't a layup that we missed, uh, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I, I thought it was good. I don't know. What do you guys think, uh, the listeners out there? What do you think of this movie? What were other themes that maybe we missed that would be good to talk about? What do you see? Um, it, 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 there's a lot in these movies. Um, and the next one, Spider-Man Homecoming. Whoop, whoop. Like, like we're, we're entering into the Tom Holland trilogy. Like, let's go. Um, yeah. is, there's, uh, it takes you back to high school. So if, if you're ready to go back to high school and you're ready to relive the awkwardness of it. Um, so good. But yeah, so these good. are all good movies. I think Phase 3, like, I, not that we've ranked them because I know we're like 
Phase three might be the best phase so far. I mean, this is definitely the most. I, w- I it's it's almost hard to compare because phase three is the most developed. It's the it's like we are deep into Disney running the show. Yeah, and uh, or I don't know if Disney running the show or Disney paying the bills. It might be a better way to pl- place it. But um, Mar- the MCU is fully solidified. the The scope going towards the Infinity Saga is is fully developed. So like. Everything is much more cohesive and unified, and people at this point understood what, what was happening. Like now, actors are trying to become, trying to get in these movies, yeah. where before they were having to convince these actors to be in these movies. So it's uh, it's 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 definitely great. It's almost it's almost hard to compare because you have to have a certain set of like love for the original Iron Man, Captain America, because they were so raw and like. Um, it, like uh, it was a risk. It was a huge risk, and now you have like the, the only reason why you can have Guardians of the Galaxy, which has zero IP before this movie, like no one knew who they were, to now they have rides at Epcot and Disneyland dedicated to them. Like, um, like is 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 it's the power of this franchise and the power of um of what Marvel was doing and Disney oh, of was course. doing. So. Of course, and it's fun, and it it only what the crazy part is is it gets better. Like yeah. that's that's probably the craziest part is they keep getting stronger and more cohesive, and they're now going to dive more into who's really the bad guy in some of these. Yeah, which is insane. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just fun. It's these are just fun. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with Spider Man Homecoming. And uh, we hope you follow us on Instagram, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, and share this podcast with a friend. We will see you next week. And as we watch these amazing movies, remember not to miss the marvelous gospel. <laughs>